2: Hello and welcome to season three of Bites and Bits on the Sonar Network, a deliciously cheeky award-winning podcast, your one-stop shop for food and laughter, hosted by two pro comedians. That's us. This podcast invites you to share a meal as we talk about food, comedy, and everything in between. My name is Matt Malant. And my name is Hisham
3: Kaladi, And welcome to season three of... Bites and bits. Bites and bits.
2: Ah. <laughs> Just back and forth, baby. Uh this is like this is both a flash from the past being uh back uh remote uh recording. It's been <laughs> it's been nice being in person, but I do like putting a couple different provinces between us. You know what I mean? I think it's healthy. the more time zones, the better. It uh it's it you're much more tolerable
3: when there is a literal delay between what you're saying <laughs> and what I'm saying. <laughs>
2: Fair, fair. Listen, I uh, I agree with you. Um, we won the rare. award
3: for arts series, not friendship series. Just FYI, <laughs> it's true.
2: That would be a different <laughs> award. Although, who would hand that out? I don't. I don't know. I don't want to know who hands out that no. award. No thank <laughs> you. you, you. Know, I'd, yeah, no. I'd much rather win the roast award. Uh, anyways, um, this is not only um, uh, a season three episode. This is the finale. This is the last episode of season three. We made it. Another. I know it's a big deal
3: because inc- it's it's final plus the letter e. Oh, you know, you know it's going to be a lot. You know
2: it's going to be a lot. It's not just a final. It's a final e. <laughs> yeah. No. It's great. It's. I mean, I can't even believe we have done another season here. It really flies yeah. by once we're I in mean, it. It's like a whirlwind. It's like a comedy and food whirlwind. And then speak I get to sleep for yourself. off the food This bowl
3: is now. the slowest, most painful just long-term pain endurance thing I've ever had to deal with in my life. It is three seasons of childbirth and this kid isn't even a third of the way done. I am, there's going to be at least nine more seasons. Oh my God. I just, I can't emotionally, I'm not prepared for this. My I, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not.
2: Nine more seasons. Not with that attitude. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, you know, honestly, I've had so many incredible moments, um, in, in season three. Just just getting to like, you know just getting to be in person for one that was such a game changer uh, with our guests mostly really, you know, I'm talking about our guests obviously um but to be in the same room <laughs> and also um, for some of those episodes to be inserting uh, uh, sound effects with that with oh. that um, you know, Amazing uh, With that mixer yeah. that we don't have access to uh, currently, so um audience, uh, if you could please just make sure to like put in some laughs or some record stops, or <laughs> you know, just like really try to add those mentally, we would yeah. super appreciate that.
3: You can have a YouTube, uh, a couple of YouTube tabs open to cheers, boos, claps, uh, general explosion noises, just just to help you kind know, uh, of add add to the podcast experience. You know, it's four D, sure, it's four D,
2: four D. Um, Well, some exciting news, though, just because our season's ending doesn't mean we are stopping. We've actually got a live show coming up in Calgary at the Fan Expo. On April 29th, we're going to be doing a live recording. So if you happen to be in Calgary, if you're a Calgary-based fan, we would love to see you come out to that. Uh, check our socials closer, too. Um, that's at Bytes and Bits Podcast. Check us out on Instagram, and we'll give more information about that. But yeah, we're stoked to be uh, – we're going to be in person. A lot of details still up in the air. But yeah, stay tuned on the socials. And you might actually um, get, to, get to experience the joy of Bytes and Bits Live. Because <laughs> uh, if you can't tell by this podcast,
3: Matt and I are having a blast. Uh, so why not come and be part of that as well?
2: Honestly, honestly, and you know what else? Um, you are going to be having a blast soon because you're actually about to jet off to Italy, my friend. Yes, I'm. Uh, I, I
3: I have a friend of mine. Uh, you know, being in my uh, early to mid thirties, a lot of my friends are getting married, and the reasonable ones are having you know weddings in, you know, let's say, Ontario. Uh, but my friend is uh, having his wedding 20 minutes south of Lake Como, just outside of where like George Clooney lives. So it's like, oh, it sounds these, awful, like, doesn't it? russian oligarch saudi prince weddings where it's like fireworks <laughs> and a million hors d'oeuvres like birds that just got back from extinction just to be eaten at this event kind of thing and i'm obviously very excited because he is a foodie and and he and i have traveled the world and eaten a lot of good stuff so i'm excited to see what he puts out because like there will be drama i will throw a fit if the food sucks um but um you know my partner Chelsea and I are trying to make the most of it by trying to sneak in a couple other European cities, and one of them is uh, Barcelona. Uh, it's a bucket list item for both of us. I and love the that reason, city. Uh, oh, uh, please! Uh, uh, I first of all, the just the vibe wise beach, I, I'm completely on board. But their food scene is insane, and uh, mm. I I will I have yet to receive confirmation, but I have a tentative booking at two uh, Michelin star <laughs> restaurants. Uh, My that, man. uh, Chelsea and I just watched the menu and, uh, like, I don't know if it was supposed to be a comedy now, but we were you know, gut laughing the entire time. And, uh, it is a satire of like, you know, um, you know, haute cuisine, like, you know, white linen, uh, you know, Michelin stuff. But like, just to find out that the actual pieces, like the food and the experiences, uh, representative of what actually like, uh, um, Happens at Michelin restaurants. One of which is the ending, which I enjoyed. No spoiler alert, but when they make the dessert and they're literally like pouring it on the table, uh, you know, chocolate and caramel combinations, and you get a spoon, you're supposed to scrape it off this ice cold stone table because when they're pouring it, it like, turns into ice cream. I I thought that was a joke in the in the movie, but it's a real mm. life thing. And there's a place mm. in Barcelona that does that. So <laughs> I have uh, yeah, go Barcelona eat specifically. Hundred dollar euro <laughs> table ice cream, and I will definitely let you know how it was.
2: I love that you're both laughing and joyful anticipation, but then also like the anticipation of the bill. It will be expensive, but oh, it Barcelona is gonna hurt,
3: bro. It is yeah. gonna hurt, and like you know, uh, you, you of all people can uh, uh would, would probably understand this more than not. Like, it is an experience, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, it is a stupid amount of money, but I'll never eat like this again. Mostly because I, I, one of them has like a uh, sea urchin foam, and the concept of seawater—that's uh, an actual menu item—and it's sixty-five yeah. euros. And I'm like, I'll eat a styrofoam balloon.
2: <laughs> I don't give a shit. Well, Barcelona specifically is known for like just the, the like the the gastro, like um, um, chemistry stuff too, where they're doing uh. things that are just like delighting your senses it's like a culinary hub where it's not just about the food it is they're thinking about everything from the moment you walk in to the sounds you're hearing you know there was a dish there's a famous Wait, dish
3: Wait in the I menu think, in the restaurant the sounds you like are we talking about like, like background from, noises from or like, like yeah
2: m- sounds in the restaurant to wow. the way that it's being brought out to you to the way that things are served i'm really excited to hear about it it will uh, hopefully blow your mind in a positive way and oh, your bank I'm account, excited. both things will be <laughs> Uh, listen, there's like
3: a there's like a seventy five dollar uh, um uh for one of them a seventy five dollar deposit you have to put down because again this is a three star Michelin restaurant like it's the like the the, the if you're uh, um if you drop out or flake flake out someone will take that reservation so there's there's no uh, uh there's no likelihood of you being able to re get it so um you know what. Chelsea has the palate of a- one shot,
2: one opportunity. Tw- I
3: know, literally. I'm like, I- I'm in it for the experience, but my partner has the palate of a 12-year-old peasant yeah, from like the 13th century.
2: So it's a waste on her. That is going to be the <laughs> most expensive meal she's ever hated. It's going to be wild. I cannot wait to hear that as well. That's the
3: name of the series. That's the name of the series. That's the name of the so
2: series. <laughs> so uh, another little piece of exciting news. Um, our podcast network has just launched a new subscription service called Sonar Ooh. Plus. Ooh. Uh, so we got to shout this out. It's really cool because it gets more of the podcast you love in a couple ways. One, um, for only three ninety nine a month, you can. Um, get a commercial-free backlog of all of your favorite podcasts on SONAR, including ours, which is amazing. And I mean, there's so many other great podcasts. They've got this real arts, comedy focus, and I've got so many uh, favorite podcasts that are on the SONAR network. It's just, the list goes on and on. So it's worth checking out. And the other cool thing is, um, there's bonus episodes and sort of extra features. So It is an incredible way, A, to um, check out more of what you love, but B, to support the producers because the producers um, are directly supported if you are subscribing to these shows. And you can do that on uh, Apple Music. That's the way you do it. It's the Apple Music um, uh, subscription service. And yeah, it's um, a way to support us directly. So if you ever um, thought, hey, I want Matt and Hisham to make a small amount of money at this thing. Uh, we would love that. We would love to get to the point where a few dollars are coming our way because it's uh, at this point, it's an absolute labor of love and we love doing it. But, um, you know, Sonar Plus is a way to support that. So thanks in advance, listeners.
3: And you know what uh, podcast episode you won't have to uh, subscribe in order to hear? This one. And it's a special treat because season three finale guest cannot be beat. And I have said this at least 30 times before, but... For the first time ever, I'm super excited about this guest. Uh, today's guest is a comedian and actor known for her vibrant and quirky characters. While living in Canada, she wrote and performed in four main stage reviews at the Second City Theatre. She's also a founding member of the Sketchersons, a weekly sketch show whose list of alumni features some of Canada's biggest comedic talents. She's performed on stages all over North America, including... JFL Characters New Faces Showcase and the San Francisco Comedy Festival she is a two-time Canadian Comedy Award winner a Gemini Award winner that's like an Emmy for Canadians and her commitment to comedy bit is unparalleled she now lives in LA soaking up the sun and appearing on everyone's favorite game show Wheel of Fortune it's the season 3 finale guest
4: Inessa Frantowski! Wow. What an intro. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Amazing. And absolutely, my appearance on Wheel of Fortune was top
2: news last year. <laughs> uh, we have not forgotten. Canada has not forgotten. This. We, just for we just got the episode now. We just
4: got um, for those of you, uh, who didn't see it, which will be most of you, uh, just know that my claim to fame on Wheel of Fortune was that I had a record number of bankrupts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You better believe I my taxes today and I have to claim those winnings
2: and wish they were a lot more. <laughs> That's
1: so funny.
2: <laughs> Yeah, that's America for you. Yeah, game show winnings are heavily taxed. Oh, yeah, big time. Oh, yeah, land of big the free-ish. Kind <laughs> of, sort of, not really. Please pay the government everything you've won. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Anessa, yeah. thank you so much for being here. Uh, we are uh, stoked uh, to get into it with you, and uh, we're not going to keep you waiting any longer because uh, we know that the food has arrived. Um, we want to start eating, so we're going to jump right into our first segment, First Bites.
4: Yes,
1: First bites.
2: May I do my palate cleanser here? Please. Yes, that's what the radishes are for. Yeah, exactly. So uh, here's how it works. I'm going to tell you what I ordered for you. I ordered the food this uh, time and mm-hmm. uh, I ordered you tacos. We know that you're a taco connoisseur and uh, we've got some intel that um, El Zarape is one of your favorite taco joints, right? Uh, So uh, we couldn't help ourselves. We ordered you a couple different tacos. I ordered you a trio, I believe. uh, I've got um, a um, uh, uh, mole chicken taco in there, a little chocolate uh, spicy chicken. Um, We've got uh, a beef uh, taco in there, uh, a sliced steak, a carne asada, I believe, and then some shrimp tacos. So I didn't know what your preference was. I I hope that something in there uh, you like. And uh, so you can take some bites and let us know what you think. Well, you've made the right move here. Okay. Um, they're known for their shrimp tacos. Oh, nice. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, I'm a, like, when I go to taco joints, I'm all about, I want one of everything. I'm not like, generally, I don't just get three of a kind. Although, for yeah. myself, I did order three of a kind today. So I, <laughs> I, wanted to, I, I ordered myself veggie tacos because I've been eating so much meat in Calgary, which is kind of like the vibe. Um, cause I'm yeah. out in Calgary right now, uh, working, but I ordered some, myself three vegetarian tacos from, um, Mikey's taco joint, which is like, <laughs> it's, it's a second franchise of a, um, it's like a, it's a really popular musical place called Mikey's juke joint. And they opened up just another restaurant in the near my dad's place. And, uh, I've got some beautiful veggie tacos they are very highly rated. I'm super excited. Heesh, where did you get tacos from today? Uh, well, I had ordered tacos from
3: Taco El Asador, which is a uh, Toronto West uh, uh, favorite in uh, uh, near Christie Station. Uh, I had gotten the uh, ground beef steak and uh, f- uh, fried fish, which is my favorite, and a mango jurito, which is my go-to drink. Uh, unfortunately, it seems that the <laughs> Uber guy had an accident. It's uh, I just wrapped up snowing here in uh, in Toronto. And uh, he was at my intersection and then disappeared, and then I got a full refund. Uh, so I think he either, uh, you know, obviously wiped out and, uh, you know, the food was useless, or he was hungry and <laughs> just pretended. Uh, so I am sans tacos at the time, so please oh, no. eat on my behalf and enjoy, and tell me how, what, how, how the mouth feels. I, I, I need to know what, how, good, how, good, how good those tacos are. I just, I want a tacos so bad today, guys. <laughs>
4: Oh, Tacos El Asador is my, one of my favorite spots in Toronto. I always right? usually chime in there when I go. All right, I'm starting with the mole here, and guess what? A strong shell. They've held up here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going with the mole first, which is like a chocolate sauce. Um, guess what? I'm, I, I couldn't be more jazzed about this here. Very, <laughs> very pumped.
2: Well, on my end, my shells did not hold up as well. I ordered them a little bit early. Um, so it's a good thing there's two shells on here because they're threatening to fall apart. And... For anyone that knows me, I'm not the, the, the tidiest of eaters, so this, this could get very, very messy very soon. So far, flavor-wise, very fresh, really, really yummy. I'm, I'm into the flavor, but uh, yeah, this is about to, these tacos are about to rain on the floor.
3: Matt mm. has the uh, added benefit of having a beard double as his bib, so <laughs> nothing's, nothing's ruining that <laughs> sweater. Uh, and I see you're also drinking something. Is, is that just club soda?
4: It's a uh, Topo Chico. Ooh. Um, it's a particular brand of mineral water. It's very, very good. Nice, uh, nice, nice fizz. Very popular here.
3: Mm. I, I'm, I'm very yeah. much. Uh, <laughs> I like pairing a drink with the tacos, so uh, that's a good combo.
2: I did it today. Well, yeah, I ordered, a, I ordered a drink, Hisham. You'll be proud of me. Nice.
4: Well, I um went to the University of Toronto, and as part of like the psychology department, I would always volunteer in these food based experiments. <laughs> yes. And it was all things like, so they were all things like, like testing your taste buds. So, but they would make all these like tiny cookies. So I did so many cookie experiments (laughs) and then it would be like, you'd have to taste the cookies and rate the flavor. But it's like, if you drink a chocolate milkshake before you taste the cookie, it's going to taste less sweet. But if you have a glass of water before the cookie, oh. it's going to taste more sweet because taste is relative. But I still, I ate a lot of cookies. <laughs> That's why I was doing the palate cleanser with the radish.
2: Wow. Listen, you get it. Uh-huh. Unlike, um, you know, our last guest, uh, Ken Hall, who, um, whose palate was limited to Subway sandwiches. <laughs> well, I wish I was <laughs> <were> joking. <laughs> Um, it's true. Vanessa, <laughs> clearly you scientifically understand taste in a way that mm-hmm. some guests haven't. So we're going to have a nice time here. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think mole is, uh, I don't eat mole very often, but I'm mm-hmm. in love with this idea. It just seems wild to me, this whole idea of like like savory chocolate. So talk about, do you get the chocolate mm-hmm. note? Is it just bitter? Like what's happening with the mole? We, we, we got to know. We got to know. It's here. actually sweeter than you would mm. think
4: so mm. it's almost like it's almost like a barbecue sauce kind of right oh and yeah. so okay. it's kind of like a chocolatey kind of barbecue sweet barbecue sauce very good now i've never had the steak one now this one the shell's struggling a bit at this point <laughs> it's struggling a bit that's okay this one's going to be more of a more of a scoop more of a scoop uh, vibe here uh, no
3: shame I, in scoop. and i I am very judgmental when it comes to uh, taco shells. Um, are we uh, uh, a soft family or a hard family in, in this combo? I mean, actually, like, are we soft shell, hard shell?
2: These are soft shells. Yes, there's only, there are only soft shells. There, the hard shells are some sort of, like, American corporate abomination. Like it's no. Not, yes, yes, absolutely. Soft shells are how tacos are made everywhere no. in the world except for, except for Don't America. Don't tell me this. It's no. Like, it's like for taco time and for, for children. It's for children and no. you know, mass brands. Yeah, man.
1: I love hard but You got a,
2: a tostada is like a deep fried soft shell taco that's crispy and it kind of, it's, it serves as like a, like a, like a crispy, it's like a big nacho kind of a tostada. That's authentic and delicious. You can do that occasionally, but yeah, those hard shells, like, like they're like, it's like basically 30% cardboard. I feel very confident wow. in saying this. Wow. Yeah.
3: And that's are you Anyways, gonna back Vanessa, him up on you this? Can, or is he you just talking about the, sh- the hard room. shell,
2: get into it? But I'm I'm totally a soft shell guy. It's gotta be.
4: I I do soft shells. I'm 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 actually I'm glad that they're corn. I'm trying to be more gluten-free these days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's finally happened after almost 10 years in LA. Um,
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> my, I did 23andMe and it said I had a predisposition to celiac. Can you believe it? Nobody so I'm I, but I'm not like um, like, but I still, I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna feel a little bit better, I'll go corn over flour. I will. Mm. Although I made a Dutch baby this morning and I added flour into the eggs, which is basically like a big protein. It's like a sweet omelet, protein pancake
2: kind of thing, and it was a Dutch baby's amazing. Damn, good. If you had a Dutch so baby? So easy before to make.
4: HM? No,
3: I thought it was going to be something make. completely different.
2: You were thinking Dutch oven, weren't you?
3: You were thinking... I was thinking chocolate, but now, that, now I'm thinking Dutch ovens. Uh, and in terms of... Um, you've had these tacos before. Are, does, do they travel well? I, I'm not... I don't usually mm-hmm. think tacos, for the most part, travel well in general. They have a tendency no. to sog up, but...
4: That's where you want the hard shell.
3: Yeah, Sometimes yeah. Sometimes
4: if, if a hard shell kind of made fresh and they kind of like just... It's like they're flipping over the shell or like a, I love a quesadilla... Mm. Um I have had some like crispy shell tacos that are really good. Those are really good with like chorizo or ground beef. You know, and mm. that kind of like and apparently mm-hmm. like if you want it to stay together and not fall apart, you yep. kind of put it in the oven a little bit and it kind of merges oh. it all. Oh, That's I like the, that. That's a little trick apparently. Mm. Anyway, the steak is good. Mole still number 1. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. 100%. And for you, like, what what are your dream taco toppings? Are there any, like, non-starters, or are there st- st- stuff you just love and you can't go without it on a taco? Let's get into it. Mm. I think it depends on the taco. So for,
4: like, the shrimp and stuff, you want, like, the guacamole and the fresher vibes. Okay. I pretty much always want cheese. Yeah. If and I'm being honest.
2: Even on, like, a fish taco?
4: Then they have, like, maybe, like, that... That quahida, like spring crumbly
2: cheese, even a little.
4: I mean, I would. I'm not going to say no to it.
2: No, I'm into it too. I don't. I think fish and cheese go okay together. (laughs) I'm. uh, I got a bit of a a different opinion on
3: that. I I also got to ask because apparently uh, I'm. I'm. I have the. (laughs) I'm I'm just a pedestrian when it comes to tacos. Uh, Is sour cream a valid condiment for tacos, or is that also like Americana, like you know, white trash thing? Because I am.
4: I'm a huge sour cream guy. Well, they'll do a crema on some of them, yeah. So
2: I like sour cream too. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Hisham, you're not off base here for one. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So crema is sort of like it's 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 a bit of a thicker kind of cream and it's more acidic, and that's what they would use uh, in Mexico when they're making tacos. It's cl- it's 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 closer to creme fresh. Anyways, yeah. um, oh. but it's it is liquidy, which also so it's like
4: good on a Dutch baby. Creme <laughs>
2: fraiche, which creme fraiche does, but th- we don't really get creme fraiche in Canada very, o- very often. You got to go to a specialty shop, which is basically just like milk that's thickened up or like cream that's that's thickened up overnight uh. with a little bit of uh, with a little bit of culture in it, um, like towards cheese. But so sour cream, I think, is a very close equivalent to crema. Um, it's not exactly the same thing. or but So it's 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 close to what would be traditionally served. So I think sour cream is absolutely a great substitution when, when you can't get, um, mm. you know, Mexican crema or creme fraiche or something like that. So yeah, totally valid, totally delicious because it's got that acid, right? You want that acid in tacos. And yeah, for a could lot also, of people...
1: Yeah.
2: Yep. Oh, oh I, I was learn. just
4: going to say, you could also take that sour cream, squeeze some lime in it, like thin it out a little bit to create Ooh. that crema. 100%, 100%. And we know That's that... I'm uh, Eastern European, so I've had a lot of sour cream in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you? Is there a? Uh, are you? Are you fond of
3: uh, Eastern European food? Do you find there's comparisons between? Uh, you know, is there like a Eastern European version of a like a taco? Uh, is, is that uh, one of these foods that kind of transcends cultures?
4: Well, would they do crepes too? Like they'll do crepes, and there's so many like variations on something stuffed inside something else <laughs> like a pierogi then there's like a big fried pierogi and then there's like a <laughs> boiled pierogi and then there's ones with like meat and fr- like so something inside we love a dumpling nice um, i do think pierogies are kind yeah. of analogous with tacos yeah i would well I'd you put, put you, you you put something inside something else <laughs> <laughs> That's my
3: favorite.
4: um but yeah i'm trying to think of like um um, there's, I forget what it's called now, but I'll, 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 if it comes to me, I'll think of it, yeah.
2: So, yeah, anyway, um, and this is something, we haven't actually touched on this for a couple, feels like all of season two and three, we haven't really talked about this, but I think it's time to bring it back. Um, is a taco a sandwich? Let's 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 figure this out. Mm. Heesh, I'm just, we have, I don't know when the last time we talked about this, but I think it's important that we get back into it. Mm. Heesh, what do you think? Um,
3: okay, my, my request for clarification would be, is a hot dog and a taco the same kind of food?
2: I mean, that's really, that's the whole question. Do I, do I put tacos and hot dogs in a similar category? I would say, yeah, I would, I would put them in the same category.
3: Okay. In that case, uh, through process of elimination, I would, uh, uh and tangent of properties, uh, I would say a taco is. A sandwich, uh, because the taco goes to hot dog, hot dog goes to burger, burger goes to sandwich. So there's an evolution. I I, I can connect the
2: dots. <laughs> I love that you showed your work on that one. That was that yes. was impressive. We really got scientific there. What do you this think? This is my is? dissertation so hot- right now. Ooh. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, if we're going with the theory of it's something stuffed inside something else, <laughs> then it is sort of a pretty broad definition. But so, there has to be an
3: opening. There has to be an opening because, like you mentioned, dumpling, like okay, a cabbage roll roll is roll dumpling not a is close to like a samosa in a sandwich.
2: Uh, yes. Oh, yes exactly. to, okay.
4: So in that case, um, there is a Russian taco. Ooh. It's called a chibur- chiburichki. And it's a pan-fried turnover made from a flour tortilla stuffed with a mixture of ground beef, onion, and parsley. Oh, yeah. That is what I'm talking about. Sounds like a taco to me. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So we got him for sure.
3: Okay. Okay. That's it. That's it. Somebody called the TED Talk and NASA. We did it. It's over. We did it. World (laughs) peace. Everything yeah. is a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, and instead of like those uh, TV shows where you, they slice into something and it ends up being cake, just, the whole world now is just sandwiches. That's our new metric system. That's a new everything. Sandwich. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. So yeah. Um, we just saw each other in L.A. Um, mm-hmm. We were there celebrating a friend of the podcast, Lori and Ash, her birthday. That was such a great time. And when I was down there, I ate basically all I ate was tacos. Yeah. I, I'm not even kidding. It was, it was 50% of the meals. Like, of course, I found time for In n Out Burger. I'm not a monster. But yeah. I, I was just basically eating tacos. And so it got to me, it, it got me to thinking like that, that whole idea of like, you know, the fresh produce, tacos, the Latin influence, that, that, that whole LA sort of restaurant vibe. And, and I was, you know, as someone who's spent so much time in Toronto and LA as you have, I'm wondering like, how would you characterize the LA food scene as compared to like what the vibe in Toronto?
4: Um, Some things we get a lot, and then some things we have less of. So there's tons of stuff I miss from Toronto. So yeah, definitely, if you like Mexican food, of course, and I do, and that's like kind of like a big staple for me. Mm -hmm. Um, There's definitely a lot of sushi, a lot of health stuff, but there isn't. There's we have a big Korea town too, so you could get that, but we don't have. It's much harder to get dim sum. Oh, Um, Oh. Yeah. Um uh so yeah, we have a big Korea town, but yeah, you have to kinda go pretty far out to get good dim sum. Obviously when I go home I miss mm-hmm. like uh East and West Indian food. That's mm-hmm. harder okay. to find out here. Mm-hmm. So Toronto's a yeah, pretty culturally community. diverse city, so I feel like there's more like fusion yeah, as yeah, yeah. well. Yeah. Like yeah. um so Toronto is becoming kind of like it's got a good food scene, but of course also too, it's like, you know, there's uh, famous places and stuff like you know nobu and what whatnot and stuff like so there's great restaurants in LA as well but that's just like day-to-day kind of what I notice I live in God. Thai town so I've got good really good Thai food here as well yeah that's my right. takeaway and then there's like and I'm also I'm in Thai town which is inside little Armenia and Armenian food is really good too interesting. Wow. Okay.
2: So Taytan is like a little hub within little Armenia. They're like, yes, yeah, which we'll, we'll, we'll Yeah, which is within Los Feliz.
4: Yeah.
3: I love that. It's like a, a Russian
2: nesting doll of communities, like every, That's right. Like one That's every right. Time. I love that. Or, or more like an Armenian nesting doll, Hisham. Keep up, okay? Yeah,
4: keep up. <gasps> yeah. Well,
2: it's a well, marathon, not a sprint, I, okay? I,
4: I, I'm Russian <laughs> Armenian and Ukrainian, so we're, we, we, you know what? We, we we all love Our uh, nesting doll.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all of them. All of them. That's We've learned a lot about uh, Anessa. We've learned a lot about LA. And most importantly, about nesting dolls, which feels like the absolute perfect time to take our first short break. Uh, more after this on
0: Bites and Bits on the Sonar Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: And we're back from break with our amazing guest, Anessa Frantowski. Uh Anessa, our second segment is usually when we have a little bit of game time. Uh, and this game is called Magnificent Meal Kits. Our research uh-huh. department found out that you've been cooking up a storm with meal kits. We also found out that you have some serious love for reality TV and uh-huh. prestige daytime television. So we want to put you in the shoes of some reality contestants as you navigate through all things... Meal kit.
4: Oh, oh! how fantastic. <laughs> you really did do your homework. Oh, oh I was yeah. wondering, I was like, no one's talked to me about what kind of food I'm eating. I was oh, like, no, no. well, they must have found out. Our amazing uh,
3: research department, consisting of our amazing producer, uh, Aaron Conway, has delved <laughs> deep. Uh, we're going <laughs> to basically, it's going to be a theme of uh, a TV show. And okay. uh, we're going to ask you. Uh, based on the ingredients in said uh, meal kit, what uh, you can come up with,
2: oh or what you gosh. should come up with. Yeah, what what so, what is the name of that dish?
4: Okay, I love it. This is so exciting. And uh, guess what? Uh, the reason I learned how to make Dutch babies was because I ordered one in a meal kit.
2: Oh, nice! But then
4: and then I started making them on my own.
2: That's All right. Well, see, this is the critical flaw in meal kits, right? Because they're actually teaching people how to cook, and then people <laughs> are going to know how to cook, and then meals meal kits are going to be extinct.
4: Yeah, but then you're still like, do I really want to buy a whole thing of nutmeg just for this one ing- one dish?
2: I mean, yes. Um, there's always people are <laughs> people are always going to find a way to do less work. It's true. But oh, absolutely. Anyways, I, I'll get in my whole opinion about meal kits later, but let's, <laughs> let's play the game. It's funny <laughs> it. Okay.
3: All right. So the first show is Survivor. Jeff Probst has just gifted you a custom meal kit after a hard-fought challenge that you won on Survivor Island. Here's the catch: let must name the dish. You are preparing based on the ingredients inside the meal kit. I'm going to okay. slowly list the ingredients. And as soon okay. as you think you know what the meal kit menu is, what you're cooking, say it out loud. And uh, I'm going to make this a little difficult. You only get <laughs> one one guess per uh, TV show. But okay. I will give you a chance to re-guess. But you can only use that uh, that uh, immunity idol once uh, throughout okay. all the TV show. I think there's about f- uh, three or four options. So here okay. we go. Oh, this is for survivor. Ground beef, garlic cloves, red wine vinegar, Roma tomato, panko breadcrumbs, mayonnaise, baby spinach, yellow onion, hummus, parsley.
4: You're making a,
3: a beef bowl. Pita bread
2: yeah wait. pita bread would have been helpful yeah Peter
4: bread. wait is it it's kind of like a like a, a beef pita thing <laughs> you know what i'm gonna give it
3: to you it's a shawarma style pita one yeah. of the options was shawarma we'll spice blend about like, i can't tell an that she'll know exactly what i'm talking about so yes you get a point
4: point. and wait, ding which ding ding which, ding. which company is this from
3: Oh, no, I, I think we just literally gave you the ingredients to whatever the item is, and then presumably you will well, figure out the, <laughs> what it's for.
2: This is a survivor-themed? As, as someone who's involved in the writing process of these scripts, uh, along with the uh, segment writer Tony Hall, I can tell you that one was from HelloFresh.
4: Okay, because here's the thing. I currently have a membership to HelloFresh, Green oh. Chef, and Blue Apron, and for oh, a while I was also flirting with Martha Stewart's meat meal kit, Marley and me. And I, I skip deliveries. I'm looking at <laughs> menus. I'm seeing which one I want, but some of them have very specific names. So I wasn't sure if I had to uh, get like, some uh, of them are inspired close. by like other chefs. So I wasn't sure if I had to get the uh, name I don't think right. there's anything okay.
2: too punny in this. No, no, no. no, no. I don't think, I
4: think, okay. I think
3: it's these pretty are, These pretty are legit actual right. just names. Yeah, yeah. Very, for example, okay, okay. This next one, The Bachelor. You are finalist on season 27 of The Bachelor. It's time for hometowns. And Zach Shalcross is joining you in LA at your apartment for dinner. Surprise! He's bringing his famous uncle, Patrick Warburton of Seinfeld and Family Guy fame. Your roommate has eaten Buddy. all the food in your fridge, <laughs> and you are left with one meal kit that contains these ingredients, but okay. no recipe. Here we go <clears throat> carrot, garlic powder, chicken stock concentrate, parmesan cheese. Chili flakes, chapata bread, spinach, yellow onion, Roma tomato, Italian style seasoning, Italian chicken sausage mix.
4: Okay, is a sausage sandwich.
3: <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, uh, this is a hard one because. Um, that's not the correct answer, but I'm going to give you like a, like a pass just because this says Italian noodle soup What? and I feel like there's no noodles in that world? list. So how would she
4: Roma <laughs> oh. tomato. Guy. Well, you didn't even mention a pasta.
3: I know that's, I, I want I, I, I put that on the research team. There's no pasta on this. I, I'm I'm, you know what? I'm going to give you a pass on that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt, we're going to talk about this afterwards. Um, okay, let me tell you look. something. Oh, am every- I hearing you're going to?
4: Everything's gonna have onion or garlic. (laughs) You're you're giving me nothing, and then you're you're omitting the (laughs) one ingredient that makes it just (laughs) would, would indicate what the dish is.
3: Uh, Matt, uh, again, I am going to put this on Tony. And Matt, Whoa, we're going to we have a post-show production. This is a season three finale, Matthew. How could you do this to us? All right.
2: What, what I'm hearing okay. is that Hisham is going to take over writing all of these scripts. Thank you so much in the future. This is really a huge... This, this is, is also my last of episode, Anessa. Uh, y- you are the Yoko
3: Ono of Bites and Bits. This is just blowing right. up as we speak. Um, Wheel of Fortune. You spin the oh Wheel gosh. of Fortune and land on a space that reads custom meal kit instead of solving a word puzzle. The name of the <laughs> meal comes up uh, and you guess the ingredients for the specific dish. Okay. It's going to okay. be a little reverse. So I'm going to give you the, uh, the dish and
4: you tell me the ingredients. Oh, The fit. dish is beef stroganoff. What's in there? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So you're going to have – okay. I've made this. I know this one. So you're going to have either beef strips. They usually yep. sometimes do strips or steak. Yep. Um, yep. You're going to have a potato kind of as a base. You're going to have mushroom. Correct. I think you have need some flour to thicken yep. Yep. it up because you're going to need to make a gravy. The key ingredient, I think, in a stroganoff is the mustard. Ooh. Like You need that tang yes. in there. Um, and then, yeah, and I think you need like butter or whatever and flour to make kind of the mm-hmm. roux. And then yep. you like... Um and parsley. They put parsley on top of a stroganoff, yes. I think, too. Um, but I made it. It's really good. Beef stroganoff is good.
2: Well, now, there's one uh, there's one major component for the sauce, and uh we might have already touched upon it though. So I think Oh, sour cream. The, oh, there
4: it is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Russian dish. Come on.
3: <laughs> now here's my question uh, for you, yeah. NASA. What kind of mustard is like the one for beef stroganoff because this ingredient that we have here is, is preferably mine, but um, it's going to be some, Dijon
4: probably. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to yeah. be, it, it's yeah. kind of
3: like a, a more, more like um, tart, if you will, a, a, you know, mustard times a thousand kind of flavor, like no that yellow label bullshit.
4: Well, it's, they use the, the original like r- mustard seed more. It, I don't even, mm. it, so it, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely a more, it's a, it's a spicier mustard.
2: Well, and I okay, think like, I love that a lot of a lot of Russian cuisine is sort of having some nods to French cuisine, except they couldn't get the same ingredients. But mustard yeah. one that travels well, right? So,
4: and there's definitely a lot of. Um, I always feel like yeah, Russian food is pretty bland, and it has to be <laughs> like it needs to like it's a lot of um, stuff that can survive the winter. So lots of pickled stuff oh. and a lot of like starches, potatoes, and that's probably. A throwback to communism <laughs> just probably working wow. with whatever ingredients you have you know that type well, of vibe. yeah
2: it's so cold yeah. right there's so much of that region is, there's not a lot of like, spices being grown in russia right so mm. that's going to be imported yeah so there's things like dill and things like that that are going to be natural oh made, yeah my mom loves
4: dill <laughs> loves dill <laughs> actually i know this is like controversial uh in terms of like um, you know, for a, this is what the podcast for, is for. A, I'm about to bring it up, you know, and uh, people have very specific opinions about potato salad. Um, but mm-hmm. I do think that my mom makes a really amazing potato salad. It's requested a little more, like put more vegetables in there. Um, carrots, the recipe, give it peas yeah. Yeah. or whatever. But her se- peas, oh, pickles. Wild
2: pickles, yes good, peas.
4: It's wild. some tang in there. And with the mayonnaise, the secret ingredient, she puts a bit of mustard in there. puts uh-huh. a bit of mustard in that potato salad. So I very much recommend, but I know it's potato salad. it's um it's definitely people have their um their their recipes, and some people don't like to mess with it too much.
3: Uh, well, I, I'm going to be yeah. honest. I was, I was on board with everything up until you said pickles in a potato salad. That is what? I know. I, to I, a hate I, crime. I, I, I'm, I'm telling like, you it's what amazing. What kind of but monstrosity I mean, you, you just got to
2: try
4: it.
3: <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I'll I'm try sure. it. Okay. You know what? That's true. Yeah, I'll put my money was, where my mouth is.
2: Yeah. yeah you should try it. We need to get some of this, uh, this mama, uh, Mama's potato salad. Uh, Can yeah. you please uh, yeah. arrange that? Is, uh, is she anywhere near us? Is she close to Toronto?
4: Well, now I'll make it. I'll make it for a barbecue.
2: I will amazing yeah. into it. We will make that happen. Yeah, potato salads. I could just I could just eat potato salad. I think it's perfect food. Even yeah. even with the peas in it. The peas is where you lost me. But you know what? I'm willing to <laughs> try. That. Yeah. So that's, listen, that's it. Other than that, I was into it. I was into listen, it. Listen, uh, oh, wow. and and,
3: and yep. uh, regardless of what Matt says, you are killing this game right now. You're up two one. Uh, there's <laughs> one left. There's a chance for you. Again, you, you could use your uh, uh, immunity idol. Um uh it's it's now down to the final uh show. Okay. It's Oprah. After heroic uh, oh uh, cooking exploits on the Survivor and Bachelor, Oprah is back. She's turned to TV, she's teamed up, teamed up with Dr. Phil. They want you to come and prepare <laughs> a healthy meal kit to promote Oprah's new healthy meat, uh, meal kit service. Um here's the thing it's a list of ingredients. You let me know what we can make out of it. Okay. Number and it's a it's a few ingredients, so uh, uh bear with this me. It's a
4: tough one. Zucchini, yellow onion, garlic. Wheat. Okay, this is what I can make with it. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, what Zucchini. is the dish?
2: What is the dish? Okay, what
4: order? is the Zucchini,
3: dish? Zucchini, yellow onion, garlic, cilantro, lemon, jalapeno, chickpeppers, sour cream, veggie stock concentrate. Chickpeas.
2: Chick peppers is not a thing. Chickpeas. Chickpeas. Couscous.
3: Yeah. Tunisian. Uh, uh, English is my first language. Uh, couscous, Tunisian spice blend, almonds, dried apricots, and hot sauce.
4: You're making a chick, Mediterranean chickpea bowl with apricots.
2: Uh, like, this go I, I gotta, go gotta, gotta, you go, for, go, go, go further south? I gotta use my idol. I gotta use my idol. Yeah, how does the idol work, Hisham? What does it work? How does it
3: work? Uh, she gets a second chance, and maybe you could provide a, uh, um what do you call, it? call a Call Kid? a member. Yeah, uh, okay. kind of a thing. A phone, a
4: friend. Phone, a, a friend, phone. Okay. yes. Um, uh,
2: this uh, okay here. Hopefully, this will help. Uh, I believe this is one of the national dishes of Morocco. Not, not maybe like the toppings. You, you were dead on. You were dead on with the like the first part of what you said was great. But this is a specific type of dish that originated and is definitely being popularized in North Africa. So let's see if you can and 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 just,
3: just to help you not get thrown off the two. Extra ingredients are zucchini and chickpea. They're not necessarily integral, I believe, to the actual dish that we're referring to. They're just that iteration. So, that's, of the flare. The flare. Dish. that's the flair. That's the HelloFresh yes, flair,
2: yes. basically, for this dish. But it's a specific, oh, the rest of the and, ingredients but wait,
4: is, is there? And there's there no other protein.
2: That's correct. It's yes. a vegetarian dish. Absolutely. Okay. Although traditionally I'd say the chicken would be the protein you would associate with this dish. I,
4: I don't know if I'm just going to say the right word. Cause I was like, I feel like I have had something with the apricot before. This is a safe before. space. Don't worry about it. I want to see, is there it. something with, Tahin, is it called? Something. Oh, you're
3: so close. Oh my God, so yes. You, you, okay, you, oh get, you get the answer no matter town. what. She gets yeah. the win no matter what. She gets the win no matter what. That is the that is like pulling from the deepest recess of like a core memory right now. You are <laughs> so we'll you. close. Okay, you said Tahin. The, the H sound, the letter is near that in the alphabet.
2: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you're going to make her go for it. All right, here we go. Yeah, yeah you're just missing tahine. the...
4: Yeah. yeah, yeah, with a J, right? Not, I think I, I just G, didn't G. know.
2: It's a G. It's a G. G. I, I just oh yes,
4: time. okay, yeah, great, great. Vanessa
3: I, Frantowski, the winner of the single hardest game we've ever done in three <laughs> seasons of the allegedly award-winning Canadian podcast uh, "Bites and Bits." Uh, that it was, was a solid <laughs> murder. I, I wow. uh, listen. I uh, I'm. You got Tangine. That is incredible I, uh, 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 we're going to have our amazing uh, music editor uh, ryan shitty just include uh, a round of applause right now cuz that was fire i want like <laughs> madison square garden 50,000 people screams and explosions that was fire fire
4: well uh, it, it i'm great. not known for my memory so <laughs> i had a few if you could imagine it like a wheel of fortune game i had i've see i could see it i've made the recipe i saw <laughs> a few a- letters popping up I had, couple, of I had to fill in, 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 there, in some blanks <laughs> in the
1: old
4: brain <laughs> A there. couple of blanks. Bankrupt- <laughs> <laughs> what does she want? Yeah, she's
3: going to be uh, putting this win uh, on her taxes. The IRS <laughs> must know. But in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. and We look forward to having you back after this.
0: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: And we are back with Anessa, who uh, our research team has told us played woman holding rat in a David Cronenberg film, <laughs> and we need to know everything about that immediately.
4: Oh my gosh! Uh, amazing story because I a I was just so excited. Um, but when I got there, um, there was a bit of confusion. So even though I was woman holding rat, I got confused with Rat Woman, um, <laughs> which was another character. Uh, and Rat Woman had a rat face mask on her whole head, so sure, of I course. was. Uh, I came to set, uh, with my, and I was like, well, I guess people aren't going to see my face. And then when I came to set, he went, uh, David Cronenberg himself went, no, no, she's not rat woman. She's woman holding rat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Ah, <laughs> God damn, that's funny. Fuck. Uh, it, was, it was, and I had to uh, practice, you know, like when you get uh, an audition or something that might say like, are you comfortable dealing with X, Y, or Z? So in this case, it was like, are you comfortable <laughs> holding rats? <laughs> and I mean, which is obviously integral for the role. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And uh, guess what? I um, I certainly said I was, and I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> Uh It was really hard for me. I had to. And then I was like, my stuff got pushed a day. So I was practicing all day trying to pick this rat up by its tail. And it would get so scared. And when it got scared, it would shit itself. And what <laughs> it would shit, it was like being fed baby carrots all day. So it would just like shit bright orange. Um, every time oh, I tried to no. pick it up. And then I thought I'm going to get fired from the job because I can't do it. Anyway, long story short, they ended up using a dead rat. So...
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense in every way.
4: Please Except tell me that morally. scene was still
3: in the movie and they didn't just cut it and you were just traumatized for no reason.
2: Um
4: they did keep it in the movie. Yeah, oh, they yes. did keep it. In, it's um Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm very menacing. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. Well, that's I mean, it's that's very funny that you're very menacing in it because it's also kind of very much the opposite. You've got such a uh, fun and like, um, inclusive energy.
0: And, oh, you know, I think you.
2: something, something that I've, I've noted in, um, watching your work, but also just getting to know you is, you know, you've got these, you've got a really like, you've got this ability to like generate and sustain characters, you know, whether it's a just for laughs or whether it's on stage doing sketch or, or, or on television. And, you know, I wanted to get into that process for you. What's it like building those characters? How, how do you get into them? How do you sustain them?
4: Um, I think that there's a, I have a a couple of thoughts about kind of crafting characters, but I definitely think that we all know people that have some kind of thing about them, you know, like some kind of fun thing or, you know, like I got my friend Mm -hmm. so-and-so, she's always apologizing even when she hasn't done something wrong you know (laughs) so like it's kind of like finding like one thing and then sort of building from there because you're like well if you're the type of person that is always apologizing then you might also be the type of person that's worried about hurting other people or you know and you can kind of like start to build out from there and then the other thing that I always think about is like everybody thinks they're right like nobody (laughs) thinks they're dumb nobody thinks they're wrong right so it's about finding their like justifying their point of view like finding you know what i mean like because sometimes we want to like make fun of the characters we're playing because we the people might we might think oh that person's no i'm playing a not smart character i better act not smart but i'm like but nobody thinks they're not smart everybody's like thinks they're right so it's kind of cool cuz it's like so I even with like comedy I kind of like I, my characters take themselves seriously.
3: And and, and not to kind of jump off of uh Matt's point but um last I think it was was it last summer that you did the JFL uh new faces yes. characters? Yes. And um what was that process like cuz like like um, I, I haven't done uh, new faces before like for us as, as a stand up at least it's a showcase so like everyone's seeing my best material. Uh, For a sketch performer, are you doing like specifically characters that are like your integral? Like I've been doing this character for 10 years, like she's locked down or is it something more representative of of who you are or maybe some kind of social commentary when you do a showcase like that?
4: Um, It's probably like a little bit of both. Like there's definitely characters and we do new ones every year. Like, so there's showcases for characters every year Yeah, um, for Just for Laughs, for Saturday Night Live. And like, so there's a, there's a culture of crafting a new batch of characters every year and there's character teams. uh, There's, you know, the Groundlings, there's also character teams at UCB. So like characters is kind of like, and also I think like, um, no, we have a big history to, like, even, like, in Canada and in the UK, like, character performers have, you know, yeah. been a thing. So, yeah, you some people might pick their best characters that they have or a vibe. Like, <laughs> I might – I have a few characters that are kind of the same vibe maybe, but they have a different game or a different, mm-hmm. you know, thing about them that's unique or whatever. But I, So you're trying to showcase, like, your range. Like, I, so I tend to either play kind of insecure characters or maybe, like – you know, big, brassy executive types or something, you know? So it's like, what are the things? I'm also a very physical performer, so maybe I'll do something. So it's a way of showing, you know, I guess, like, same with the stand-up, like, the kind of stuff that you like to do, your version of it i think for just for laughs specifically yeah. it's mon- in montreal i think they're very theatrical so it tends <laughs> yeah. to feel a little <laughs> bit like a show yeah, you know like gonna, or it's, it's less like, like auditiony me. more like a show yeah. you know like not like here are my characters this is my next character this is my next character just for laughs it's a little more like there's a little bit of a flow to your piece or whatever yeah you know? and did and you uh, uh, did you
3: Oh, go ahead matt
2: yeah, well, just just to jump on that that the whole thing about generating those characters and performing them, you know, obviously the showcases tend to be solo, right? And I think that it's interesting to me the idea of characters in a bit of a vacuum. To me, you know, I I tend to, more towards improv or collaborative sketch. I don't do a lot of solo work. Um, so for me, the idea of a character outside of the framework or the context of other characters is kind of scary, to be honest. But for you, is there something exciting about just, like, getting the whole stage of that character? Or or do you prefer it, like, to showcase that or just to perform that when there's other people to feed off of? What What's your thought on that?
4: I think they're all... All the different kinds of comedy are scary for different reasons. Mm. So I started for sure. I started as an actor. Then I moved into sketch, which felt logical because I was still, like, doing a script or whatever, sure, playing characters sure, sure. in a thing. And then I found improv and stand-up both equally terrifying. And I find <laughs> it interesting that, like, it's like stand-up, you're on your own. So you're it's, like, more vulnerable. But it's hardest at the beginning. But then once you have the act, you know the act is always mm. good. So then it's like, it kind of, you're like, okay, well now I've got stuff that works. It takes a lot of time. And then improv, uh, you have nothing, you have nothing to lean on, but (laughs) you can lean on each other and you're not alone up there and you can build Mm. something together. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm always like surprised. So they're kind of like opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of like your brain, but you know, so yeah, I, I, they're, they're all I'm in the mood sometimes for different things. Sometimes I feel like being myself and I do more stand-up and sometimes I feel like being someone else and I do more character, you know? Or even stand-up, I'm always like a heightened version of myself. I'm like a tweaked version of myself that's sort of a bit of a character. Like I have a persona, Mm. you know?
0: yeah, sure. Don't we
4: all have a little bit of a, I'm going to be my best for, like I'm not going to be my low-energy self-performing stand-up. I'm going to be a little bit of a, a, a shinier version <laughs> of myself. <laughs> I,
2: I, I mean, I, I'm curious, do you feel that too? Are you a shinier version of Heesham on stage? I'm, oh, I, I absolutely.
3: Really i I could. Uh, I have to physically turn not turn it on, but it's just like, yeah, yeah, I, you cranked up to to ten on stage because. Uh, you know, it's a show. Uh, um, Mike Rita always told me like, you go out and do it like you're doing your showcase every single night. And then immediately off stage, I'm dialed back to a four, which is like my comfortable, (laughs) I'm idling kind of a thing. And then uh, I I don't know about you, Vanessa, but uh, or or Matt, when people come up to me after a show, I do not match the energy that I was on stage and it throws people off so much. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm not that all the time. I I would hate me if I was that all the time. These are like distinct. Um, Yeah. But, sure. uh, but also, huh. what you, to, to, say, uh, to agree with what you were saying, yeah, you're right. Uh, in terms of stand-up, it's the most terrifying thing in the beginning. But now it's just like uh, riding a bicycle. But having yeah. to come up with a brand new character and workshop them every year from a stand-up perspective, that is terrifying
4: it's the same as doing new jokes though. Right. You, you, you plop them in, you know, like you, you start with like the kernel of an idea or like a little bit of a behavior. You kind of see something that hits, you know, <laughs> I, I sometimes I can do like a full costumed character or I can just like oh. go into a voice in my stand-up and just do it as like, oh. as I'm telling a story or doing an act out, you know, there's like, you don't have to always be, a full thing. Now with social media too, a lot of people are doing more characters because they can set them up and like state the game in the in the caption. The so they yeah, kind yeah. of seen be like a lot on TikTok, yeah. Yeah, a woman who is always late for her doctor's appointment or whatever, <laughs> right? You know? So it doesn't have to be like necessarily like a huge idea. And then you can kind of be like, you could notice the behavior, like in stand-up, you'd make the observation like uh, do you ever notice when people are late, they take up even more time with all of their excuses? Like, that would be like if I did this or whatever, right? And mm-hmm. then it's like, so you could talk about it as a standup or you could just be it. You know what I mean? As, oh. as a character, right? So you could just be like, my friend came in the other day and she was all like, ah, and then just do it. You know it sounds
2: like what you're saying is like people that can't character act do stand up. I think is that what is, I feel like you're <laughs> you're I'm with you. agreeing with that uh, assessment. Yes, I agree with that. I, As a no, stand up comedian,
4: to say is yes. That I also do stand up and book me <laughs> and I'm still funny. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, <laughs> like, uh,
4: it's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> I can still, I'll find a way to make you laugh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I, I kind of like it. I, I, as I'm thinking here, I'm like, man, it's like, Anessa is like who Hishim and I are going to be when we grow up. It's like, you've done, you've like got these things that you've done. And then you've also got all these other facets to your comedy. It feels like you've checked all of the boxes, which I think mm. a is very impressive, but also like so smart. Like you got to put yourself out there in any way you can, especially in a town like LA.
4: Well, I think too, it was like, I loved, I did so much indie comedy in Toronto and I, and I mm-hmm. produced a, a bunch of different shows and all kinds of stuff with musicians and I had a lot of fun. And then you're kind of like, you have to kind of change strategy a little bit because I was like, realized I was like, oh, I had a massive community in Toronto, yeah. all kinds of friends, my whole family, the comedy scene that like I kind of came up with or whatever, right? So. yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, okay, so I can't do it quite the same way like coming in LA because I was like, oh, I actually don't have that many friends here yet, (laughs) so it's not as many people to invite. So some of that's kind of like, oh, okay, like I can't do this. What else can I do? And so some of it's born out of necessity. And sometimes people have like creative things where they're like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. It's like, well, maybe you want to do something different. Like so there's, you know, there's something nice about like, you know, holding up and doing mm-hmm. some writing and working on like something kind of by yourself. Or I got into oil painting over the pandemic. So it was like, oh, I like having an art form that's just me by myself. And it's not like, uh, based not on a reaction it, yeah. from someone or something, you know what I mean? Like, so there, there be, can be moods like that. And then sometimes I feel like I have so many things nagging on me, on my mind that I want to go out and do stand up and just talk about it, um, And sometimes I just want to put on a wig.
2: (laughs) You can take the girl out of the Skechersons, but you can't take the Skechersons out of the girl.
3: Got me on that one.
2: I want to know what would be your dream TV show to make? Pitch it for us. You can be in it or you're producing it. Pitch us a TV show that you would love to make. Uh, This is something I've been thinking of a lot lately, and I would love to hear your answer.
4: Um, okay. Well, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't have some of these ideas already in the works.
2: Um, Okay. All right. Well, you don't have to like, just, you can give us, I mean, if you got something that you're actually pitching, you don't have to like, you know, spill the tea, but, uh, like what, Yeah. what's your vibe? Just like big pick, like there's no budget here. It can be anything like, this is like nothing you'd actually think that could get made even like, what would be your like big bucket, like dream TV show?
4: So, I did want to do something with like, so I can go, I can answer it this way. So, me, I like a big character, I like yeah. a lot of different looks. Um, so, I'm going to do something where I could be a very over the top character. Um, I want something that would allow me to do other stuff like, have some musical elements, so oh, cool. sometimes I think about things about like what world would I like to go into? Ooh, you know yeah, what I okay. mean? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Um, and yeah. Anyway, so I want something definitely where you can improvise, and so like you know, like those the, you know, I'm always like into like Christopher Guest and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. big characters, lots of improv uh lots of crazy outfits very similar to <laughs> what I did the amazing Gale pile yeah uh, something kind of silly and over the top um always love a good orgy scene always trying <laughs> to toss one of those in there whenever I can um obsessed with Sister Wives definitely want something that I could have a lot of women in.
2: Yeah. Um,
4: so I've got a few <laughs> ideas going on. And I also, I have a background in the prank world as well, too. And I have, okay. I've done a lot of hybrid shows that are like half narrative, half interacting with real people. And lately I've been thinking a lot about how difficult it is in modern times to find love. So I'm working on some ideas on how to address that in television, so I love how, it. To, how to help people find love. If I was going to do a kind of reality-type show, I'm kind of exploring what I think is the problem with the dating shows we see on TV right now. Mainly that everybody is too young, too hot, and everybody knows they're on TV. And so they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily there to find love. So um, I'm exploring all of those themes. So I have like some scripted and non-scripted stuff. I'm trying to uh, address what I think are like, what would I like to see more of? What am I not seeing enough of type things? Does that it. is that clear without giving it away?
2: Oh, it's perfect. I love it. It's like an uh, honest, <laughs> on, honest uh, bachelorette for old people with uh, extremely wild costumes and a good old fashioned orgy every now and again. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm here yeah. for it. I'll watch that TV show, Inessa.
4: Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice if like on those shows where there's like 30 people trying to date one person... And that person goes out on a date that the people left behind got to have a little bit of a party too, maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: honestly, there's got to be something. Let,
4: let's give them something to do. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Let's focus on, let's not even watch those dates. That We just see the people <laughs> We don't even ever see the one-on-ones. Can you imagine The yeah. Bachelor without The Bachelor? You just see at the beginning, hi, ladies, I'm here. Thank you so much. And we never see them again until the end. Like, come on. yeah. yeah. What we just focus on these women and what the journey is like to be on reality TV today. I'm into it. This yeah. Is great.
4: Zach's going out on his date at the museum and uh it's like, do we follow them or do we watch the 30 gals that started up a pool orgy? You know? <laughs> I, I
2: I yes. I think it's clear. There's there's one that is much more interesting yeah. than the other. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, Anessa, thank you so much for sharing your time with us, sharing your wisdom about tacos. And before we officially let you go here, we just want to know what's on your plate. How can people see you? Uh, what are your social handles? Let us, let us know how uh, fans of the pod can connect with you.
4: Sure. So I post everything on, my social media, which is Inessa Comedy, I-N-E-S-S-A Comedy. That's where I am everywhere. Um, and yeah, you I'm going to be performing at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. <laughs> I think at the end of the month, I have got to check now. It's like the 30th or yeah, oh, the 31st, but I'll well, post Well, this one's it. coming out
2: on April 3rd. So, um.
4: Guess what? You Sorry. Could, you're going to you miss it. it. You missed it. You missed it. You're going to miss <laughs> it. And it was really good. Uh, it went really, really well. Um. (laughs) Um, But otherwise, yeah, I definitely, you know, you can always watch The Amazing Gill Pile on Amazon Prime. And I always uh, am doing shows at UCB and stand up all around whenever I can.
2: Yeah, and do, if you're ever in L.A., or just, uh, you know, scrolling, uh, doom scrolling, uh, put a little joy in there. Get Get an S on your feet, that's what I say.
4: Yes, yes, absolutely.
3: That's it for this week's episode of Bites and Bits on the Sonar Network. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. We want to thank a few people for making all of this possible. Our producer, Aaron Conway. Writer, Tony Hall. Music, editing, and sound design by Ryan Sheedy. The Sonar Network. And of course, you, our listeners. Thanks for being a part of the bit and sharing some Bites with us. We can't wait to have you at the table again. Follow us on Instagram at hishamkaladi at Improv Eats, and at Bites and Bits Podcast.